The following podcast contains three mates talking shit over some beers. As you can imagine, the language can get a wee bit hairy from time to time. So, get involved. Grab a beer and join us for Drunk Therapy, the podcast. On the scheme of, like, moments when you question what you're doing in life, <laughs> this is a big one. I'm sitting in a room drunk. There's a dominatrix <laughs> over there with a whip that looks sinister as fuck. And I know I'm at the stage where I'm about three beers in and I've, there's no way I'm walking away today not whipped. Is Let's it? just get that out there now. A well, co- couple of things here, mate. You asked Megara, thank you for being on the podcast. How are you doing? Hello. Um, you asked Megara to bring the whip. Um, you're three beers in and you're you're drunk. It's a bit shy, isn't it, man? I know, they're big beers. It's a bit weak. Oh, don't you bloody beer shame me, sober man, on the coffees over there. I'm going to throw a pin at you. Yeah. <laughs> you missed. You must <laughs> yeah. be drunk, mate. Yeah, I fucked it. I Sorry, can handle bro. my beers, though. No, but I, I asked you to bring the whip because if I was listening to a podcast where there was a dominatrix on it, I'd want to hear some stuff and some juicy goss. I'd also want to hear someone get whipped. Or so, just a whip anyway. I don't necessarily want to get whipped because, to be honest, that thing scares the shit out of me. It's, it's <laughs> fucking gnarly. It's, it's meaty. It's not that bad. Uh, you're the one that's whipping people. <laughs> like you. Yeah, it's not I that mean, bad for, for me, you. Yeah. That bad. I mean, sometimes it does the wrist in. You get a wee bit of a sore wrist off the whipping. Repetitive strain injury. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean. You know, there's a lot, of, lot to consider here. This yeah. is why I'm unionised. Oh, right, good. Yeah. Yeah, no, um, no one, no one thinks about the um, the the wrist action a, of the person doing the whipping, do they? <laughs> Very strict risk assessments to be carried out before. Imagine if there yeah. was risk assessments. There, there is no. I'm guessing there's no risk assessments out there. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say like everything is designed to hurt you. So on on that, and I'm sorry, I, I might be getting a bit excited about this at the moment, but like how. Badly, do you hurt people? Like, is it do people go and go whip me, ha ha ha, fun times, or is it like make me bleed? Is that? Or is it Are just, you talking physically or emotionally? Oh shit! Are you physically? But also, like, is it what's more fun? <laughs> um, it, it really depends on people's levels. So some people will have like really really low levels of pain thresholds. Um, other people will be more like masochistic, like real into it and into some quite hardcore stuff, like. Um, I've got someone who is really into caning and he likes a judicial caning, which is where you cane from cold. So there's no warm up, nothing. Um, and our record was 200 strokes, full <laughs> pelt um, in the space of an hour. I know he said risk assessments, which sounded mental, but is there a disclosure form that they need to sign beforehand and says, I absolve the people who are hurting me of all responsibility if there's physical damage that's irreparable that happens? So, I mean, we wouldn't get to the stage of irreparable physical damage because, I mean, you, you just you <laughs> use your common sense, you know. Um, for me, I've got my own limits, so I won't do anything like breaking bones or like cutting and things like that. Um, I'm quite... Um, if I think someone is using this as a surrogate for self-harm, you know, like they're, they're just doing it because they want to hurt, then yeah. unless there's some sort of therapeutic value to that or they're going to... I'm doing something um, that's going to benefit them, then it's not really for me. So um, that kind of irreparable damage thing. Um, nah, I, I imagine, uh, like you were saying about the psychological stuff, are you just like before the camera starts rolling, like, you are beautiful, you are lovely, honestly, if I say something, oh, I'm no. sorry. <laughs> and then afterwards you're like, like, the whole like emotional stuff blows my mind. Can you give me 10 seconds of just really mean shit to me, just so I can kind of... I don't want to know if I'm into it, because but like, you know, I don't know. I just want to know what kind of level you go to. 
We can bleep it out if you want, or if you're not comfortable. You want me to just pick you apart? Yeah, not 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 so hard out. Not like give me. I don't know. Ten seconds. We want you to roast Shane. So I mean, it's nine o'clock, and how many beers have you already had? Are you drinking because you're trying to get over some emotional shit that you're trying to cover up? Do you not feel good enough for this room? That was deeper than I expected. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting like you're a piece of shit. It was just like, hey man, have you uh, thought about your life decisions? And I'm like, oh fuck, I'm sorry. It's funny you should say that. Me and Danny had that exact same conversation before yeah, the podcast started, and Shane came in. So I know that Shane is like a puppy with a tennis ball right now, and he's going to have lots of questions. So how how did this start for you, McGarry? Like, how long have you been doing it? What was what was the is, was it a lure or? To the, the kink side of yeah. things. So it's a kind of quite a long-winded story, so um, I'll try and keep it as brief as I can. But So I used to be anti-sex work, anti-porn, anti-dancing, anti-everything because I was such a little um, kind of judgmental, insecure wee lassie. Like, I was very prudish, even though I was doing worse in my own bedroom. Um, I remember being about eight or nine years old and... I remember thinking, what do I want when I'm older? Because people ask you all the time when you're a kid, like, what do you want to be when you're older? And I always remembered thinking, I want staff. Like, I want a gardener and I want some, I want people running about after me. Like, I always wanted that. I didn't want, you know, the thought of having, um, like, the house and the car and the two kids just sitting in the, with the husband just waiting to die was just like my idea of hell. Um, I wanted to make my own money and I wanted to rely on myself and be independent. And even at that age, I knew that. Um, so I guess just now I'm kind of living the dream of that. And um, But yeah, as I said before, I was very, very anti kind of sex work and all that because I was quite prudish. I was also influenced by other people's opinions at the time because I was getting out with someone who had quite strong opinions on it and I hadn't really formed mine yet. Um, so I just kind of done it off the back of his. And... Um, so we split up and I was working, I'd always worked in kind of male dominated industries. I used to job hop all the time as well. So I'd last about three months in this sales job and four months in that sales job. But in this job anyway, um, the the guys from work had a night out. So I was out with them and they said, oh, we're going to go to the chicken dippers. And I was like, brilliant, I love food. Like, where are we going for food? <laughs> And um and they're like, No, 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 it's 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 the strippers, we're gonna to go to Seventh Heaven and I was like, Oh, I don't like that kind of thing, like I'm not into that. And they were like, Oh, just shut up, come on, you'll you'll enjoy it, it's a good laugh, like it's not as bad as you think it's gonna be. So I walked in and at the time there was this like big like mega dance happening. So there was lassies that were like swinging off the poles and there was people like dancing right on the floor and all that. It was like a three minute thing that happens. Uh and I just looked around and when I walked in, I was like, I don't like this. I'm going to hate it. Like I was just had that whole kind of horrible face on me. But I walked in and I was like, whoa, this is amazing. Like, I can't believe this. I just thought it was so cool. It was like walking into like, you know, that movie Coyote Ugly. Yes. It was exactly like that. I was like, this is fucking so cool. Like all these like really hot women. And um, and I was looking around and I'm going, they're not the, the like the glamazons I thought I'd made them up to be in my head. Like, they were just normal, normal women, but just glammed up. Um, and I sat down with the guys and I kind of relaxed a wee bit, got myself a glass of wine, sat down. Um, a few girls came over to the table and they were just like, do you want to dance? No, all right then. And then just disappearing again. So then my business brain starting to kick in because I was in sales at the time. And I'm going, why didn't she ask him an open question? Why didn't she ask this? And she could have done that and, you know, funnel it down, build rapport. And I was like... 
this is just a sales job and I could make money at this. So <clears throat> that's how I get into dancing. And did um, you make money? I did make money. Like, yes. What's what's a, a typical night, a successful night? How much are we talking? Depends on, on where you are. I mean, I danced in Glasgow and Newcastle. Um, I also went over and done a couple of shifts in America. And um, Newcastle would almost be like shifts. You would have like early shift, back shift, and night shift. In my experience. <laughs> Newcastle is anything well, to go by. Saturday during the day, I used to go to Fury Eyes only, and it was a fiver a dance. Um, but you would always get them to have two dances. And then. And how long does a dance last then? Three minutes. So you could make a tenor in six minutes? Yeah. At the t- I mean, working back years. Um, and then. I would go straight from the day shift into the night shift. So I would, I'd be dancing for 14 hours on a Saturday. Great cardio, eh? Good going. (laughs) The uh, the only time I've been Best calves I've ever had in my life. (laughs) But um, but while I was dancing one night in 7th Heaven, um, there was a guy on stage getting his bum scalped. So it was this lassie hitting on me a paddle. Um, And I was talking to this other guy and he was a bit gothy looking um, and he said, oh, my friend does that for a living. And I was like, what, Spanx guys? And he's like, yeah, she's a dominatrix. And I was like, what's a dominatrix? Because I didn't know what it was. Um, And he told me, and he told me her name and and he said, oh, she trains people as well. So I was like, I'm going to look her up. So I looked her up, sent her a wee message um, and I said, look, I'm interested in this. I think I'd, I'd do well. I'm good at what I do just now. I've always been a good earner and um, I've got a good business mind blah 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 so she got me up for a session um, with one of her clients and she said right do this do that um, hit the guy make him kiss your feet um, this is how you hold a flogger start flogging him take the pegs off his nipples using a flogger and I was like right, okay and I just get right stuck in about it um, and I thought this is great and then after that she went oh you're going to be fine like <laughs> you just start booting guys in and I was like yes so she built me a web- she helped me build a website um, and kind of got me started and got my foot in the ladder um, and she she didn't really train me so much as um, if I needed to ask something she was always there as a kind of mentor and like a, a backup to talk to um, but what I did realise through getting into that job is I was already very, very kinky, but I just didn't know it had names. Mm-hmm. So I was already doing things that I was that I already knew how to do a lot of the things, and and but I just didn't know that that was bondage or that was water sports or that was X Y Z, um, which is interesting because there's a lot of couples who are a lot of people who don't think they're kinky and they look down on the kink world and they go, oh, that's not that's just a bunch of weirdos, but they don't realise that. Actually, they're quite kinky themselves. Do you think that's because people aren't openly talking about their sexual experiences? Absolutely, with man. Nobody talks about things and they don't communicate about it enough and they're ashamed. And, you know, most of the clients that I get coming in are just so grateful that someone has given them that validation that they're not that weird and they've had that little bit of acceptance. And that can be better. That one hour they spend with me in that little holiday in their head where they don't need to. They don't need to mind their P's and Q's and things. Um, and they can be freely who they are, like authentically them, um, is sometimes better than taking a three-week holiday off work and going to whatever lying in the beach. Or it's like therapy, isn't it? A it form is, of therapy. You know, that, they can find that escapism and validation, authenticity in themselves and not talking to someone. You know, I rent my, my studio out to couples and it's been good for quite a few couples that I know that it's brought them closer together. Um, and it's just, I love seeing that. I love seeing that kind of thing. And 
I've, I do a lot of talking with my clients as well about where their fetish came from and, and where, um, where the kind of feelings and thoughts and why they're into things and what they want to do with that um, and why they haven't done that with a partner or whatever. Um, and I had a guy in recently who is... He said he he said he just split up with someone after like a very very long term relationship. She wasn't into anything, and um, he didn't. He just wanted to experiment and see what he was into. He knew he was into something, but he just didn't know what. And I we had a chat, and I says, "What about anal play?" He says, "Ah, anal play sounds good." So she's like, "Okay." Um, he said, "But I've tried it before, and I didn't like it." But I don't know. He was just a bit unsure, really. Um, I says, "Well, why didn't you like it?" He says, "It was sore." I says, "Well, it's not meant to be sore. It's meant to be nice." So we tried a bit of that. By the end, I took a couple of sessions. He was just mad for it up the bum, like absolutely loving it. So, what would you what would you use then so, in that scenario? You can use a, a combination of different things. Um, I always start off with just fingers, big glove on. Obviously, don't want anything under your nails. <laughs> <laughs> um, oncoming traffic and all that <laughs> um so yeah i would just use use fingers <clears throat> what i generally do loads and loads of lube so you start off on the outside so you rub rub their, <laughs> rub their bum hole for a wee bit <laughs> and are you having some casual conversation at this point <laughs> sometimes i i'm just like would you have for your dinner last night you know? is that just checking the boundaries as much as I anything like, like how would, would you have for dinner you i don't want to see any of that like today yeah <laughs> So um, then you would go in and find, I generally try and find the prostate and then just play with that for a little bit because that feels really nice and it's a good way of relaxing people. Is that like milking the prostate then? Um, not, a, not at the start, like you just find it and play with it for a little bit. Just just because I have no idea what the difference is. What's the difference between playing with the prostate and milking the prostate? Is it literally like... Milking's like a massage, other... isn't it? Oh, right, got you. Yeah. So you're, mil- you're milking the prostate is quite it's quite vigorous. Oh, <laughs> it's the one that gives you an arm more, cramps kind of thing. A bit more deliberate. Um, yeah. It's, it's not too far off of like... See when you're... I don't know if you've seen in porn where guys get... Or other women get women to squirt where you use... Basically, you use these two fingers. Yeah. So the finger between your... your index finger and your pinky yeah you put them in and um if the person's lying on their back you hold their tummy down at the bottom and then you pull up the way yeah so it's kind of like that for the prostate and that's more of a kind of milking action but you can kind of pull out at the same time <laughs> what well, comes out um and what happens <laughs> with the milk and the prostate thing is sometimes the person as they as they come you can pee themselves a little bit is that, that's what squatting is <laughs> Squatting, is it not 90% pee? They don't really know, but yeah. I don't know. It's I think it's a combination of things because oh. everything down there is just so closely connected. Um, James told us recently that he shat come once because he'd done a poo so powerful. So, uh, I was looking at James going, who's saying it? Yeah, he so took, the, he what, what I said was I was on a Euro trip holiday and we'd have a, we had a masturbation ban. And I'm glad that I need to clarify this in this episode. Thank you. <laughs> We're saving it for another one. But basically, I told the story that when I was doing a shit, right? Uh-huh. Cum came out. But what I didn't clarify was that cum came out of the tip of my penis. Oh. Right. So everybody's going around saying he shat cum. No. But because they... <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's saying it. We're getting people tweeting us. It's awesome. But, but we do, right? But because the prostate is so close to your bowel, there was yeah. obviously a little bit of interaction. And because I hadn't had... What a... size of shit were you doing? <laughs> I hadn't had a wank in like... like 
15 days it, it was wanting to come out you know something was wanting to come out so I was probably busting at the fucking seams just but walking around of constant erections we, eh? were with, we were with someone it was either one of you two I was with someone and you brought it up and then they said well funnily enough I had a mate that had the exact same scenario no, I wasn't there, so it didn't happen. Yeah, I never heard um, of this. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Peter Divers on Twitter described you. He used the words, mate, you're a fucking Play-Doh part. Which, is, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was a perfect description for That's you. Funny. Yeah, fuck you, Peter. Is there, um, I don't know what you can or cannot tell us, but is there something that you didn't even know was a kink? Is there something that is just so not sexual that it's a thing? Like, is there anything like... I don't know, pouring milk on an elbow or plucking I eyebrows or something. I did have someone that, that had a, a belly button fetish. Ugh. And all we did for an hour was stand with our belly buttons out and we got a, a, a knitting needle, one end in his belly button, the other one in my belly button, and we just stood. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's amazing. I tried to make conversation. It was dry as fuck. <laughs> and I was just like, this is me for an hour. Brilliant. How much did you... If you don't mind me asking, how much did you charge to... <laughs> standard rate, 150 an hour. Fuck me. Hour. <laughs> <laughs> I need to be did you fucking stand running. About? So there was no, it wasn't even as if there was no like, pleasure in it or anything like that. It literally just stood there. They're not even like, Literally just stood there. No. Not even a bit of fluff in the belly button to keep you entertained. It's clean as a whistle. Jesus. Oh, he'd get his bum scalped if he'd had a dirty belly button. Oh, it's all coming out now. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the one Standards. thing that I think is rank rotten and... I, I hate feet like I hate my own feet I hate feet in general mm-hmm. but I would imagine that's probably one of your most popular things is foot fetish I do feet. get a lot of foot fetish I have someone at the moment who is really into smelly feet he oh. loves a smelly trainer so loves what do you do it. do you, you have to do like cardio beforehand I've got a pair of trainers that I've been wearing for years nice. and they are stinking. So I just put them on for like a little bit and I, I go train in them. I can just imagine, <laughs> I don't know why, in my mind, all dominatrix are constantly in latex or leather or whatever, but you're also then wearing trainers. <laughs> like just wearing some old Adidas shoes that you're like, these are ming and I don't want to wear them. Yeah, like, he likes me in sports gear, just normal clothes and I just, I'm fine with that. I'm more than fine with that. I want to well, be What does he do then? Does he just smell them? Just gets his face right in about them and licks them and licks my feet and stuff. It's a, it's and a bit horrible. I'm like, you're disgusting. You're just a little. Uh, you just like filth berate them. Nice. Well, when we we had Mandy in for the Empower Women project, mm-hmm. and she'd obviously she's worked as a stripper, and we talked to her about like uh, working and you'll have done it yourself when you're working as a stripper and how you, you're not really paying attention in a club. So like a guy will be like watching you doing a dance, and you're thinking. Oh, I'm going to have for my dinner tonight. Like, oh, did I say the Sky Plus for that? Do you get that in the sort of dungeon as well? So when you're standing... Oh, no, you need to be on the ball. Yeah. Because you don't know... Like, especially with a lot of the stuff that I'm doing, um, it requires a lot of concentration. So if I'm doing needle play, like, I need to be careful that... I remember to yourself. do, like, aseptic technique. I need to make sure that, um, that I don't give myself any needle stick injuries. Um, I need to watch their breathing as well so that, you know, because some people can go into shock really easily. So you need to make sure that they're all right. Um, and I think really with the amount of money someone's paying me, I think, I'll, you know, I like to give them the attention like that they've, they've paid for. But there are some people that really have like a massive ignore fetish, um, which is quite good. So What's the ignore fetish? So they go pay you to literally just... just ignore them. Amazing. I know. Everyone listening there is going, fuck, how do I become a dominatrix? What was the... The, can you tell us a bit more about the needle one? Because that, 
weirdly just seemed to shiver up my spine. You're like needle playing. I was like, oh, fuck me. That seems so like there, it's... So you can get like hypodermic needles, just just the needles that you would normally clip on a syringe. You can yeah. get, get them online pretty easily. Um, so when I first left school, I worked in forensic medicine. Yeah. And I learned all about like aseptic technique and things because sometimes you're dealing with contaminated samples. So like someone that's maybe get, that's died that had maybe hep C or HIV positive. So you need to be very, very careful. You treat everything as though it is HIV positive yeah. and that keeps you safe. Um, so then it, it's basically not transferring like germs from one place to another yeah. and not cross-contaminating things. So if I, you just need to imagine that when you touch something dirty, that that is, that it's ink stained your hands and yeah. everything you touch will then have a, a thing of it. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's kind of hard to explain, but um, you just need to be very, very careful and very conscious of the germ transfer. So constantly changing gloves, um, washing your hands between everything um, when even when you're cleaning up and you're cleaning um, instruments that you've used or trays or anything like that, then you'll clean an area first. Yeah. And then you will clean things and put those clean things in the clean area before putting them away. So it's just everything's just got to be super hygienic because you're dealing with bodily fluids. Yeah. When you when there was blood involved, it's all of a sudden like I don't know. It's just giving me the fear. <laughs> Something that I didn't even um, I didn't think about when. You were coming on, um, yeah. and I've been completely looking at this from a male-dominated perspective. But is there girl clients that come in as well? Yeah, women. Yeah. What kind of stuff would they be into? Same kind of things as guys are into, but um, women, I, f- I find, have got a much higher pain threshold because women are designed for childbirth, so mm-hmm. naturally they can withstand a, lo- a lot more pain, um, which is quite interesting. So, is that a challenge for you? Like that. Is your, is your like is your thing like oh fuck you up and they're like oh you kind of are. I guess with the the challenge thing, you can't really have you can't be doing it for your own ego. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not like you want uh, goals like today. I'm gonna make four people bleed and I want someone to cry. Frenzy, like yes, <laughs> you're fucking dying today. Is <laughs> <laughs> it going then just the pleasure of your client? You want to make sure that they go away feeling yeah, like I've got the fulfilled. best of intentions for people, and I want to make sure that they come in and they leave and they go that. I feel better after that. I don't want to break somebody down so that they leave and they go, fuck, man, I hate myself. Because for me, that I would feel crap about that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the way that I go about things um, and the way I go about my business, I tend to find that people will come back. Um, I've even got clients who, they were on holiday and they came to see me and then whenever they come back into the area, they yeah. always come back and see me. Like, I've got a guy that lives in New York Every time he's in Scotland, he comes to see me. That's so, pretty cool, man. Which is nice. And he's like, I'll, he only comes to see me. And it, like in other countries, obviously, he's got different doms that he goes to see. But I've got that good relationship where he knows that he's going to come into a place where it's safe, um, where he can, he's in a place of trust. It's a safe space. Um, and it's a non-judgmental environment. So And you've got knitting nice. needles ready to go into both of your belly buttons. So it's sweet. Of course, The best man. knitting needles there are. Of course. Do you There's a, a fun stripping story for you though. You know, you were saying about the kind of thinking about last night's telly and what you're have you made for your dinner and all that kind of stuff. Do you know that see when you're see when the the girl's on at the front and she's on all fours and then the bum goes up in the air? 
generally what we're doing is releasing trapped ones. It <laughs> 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 is an excellent way to get wind out. That's what I well I used it for. Cheeky um, fart. Have you ever been caught out and it made a noise, or does it like does the new is the music too loud? Well, if you've got a busy dance room, there's a million guys you can blame it on. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> you just get up, you point at the nearest guy, and go, "You're fucking disgusting. Can't believe it. Get out." Out. <laughs> <laughs> Poor dude's like, I just got here. I don't know what's happening. Then I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> just crop dusting the whole strip club. Eh? <laughs> on, a, on a serious note, do you do you find it hard when, like, you know, you meet new people or you meet different groups or you know, different people in society saying what you do for a job? Is there ever like a little not not oh, saying no, embarrassment, never... but like, is there ever a wee bit of a hmm, apprehension? Okay. Yeah, never. It's just a job. I'd find it hard to tell people that I worked in HR. Because people fucking hate HR. (laughs) (laughs) The only time I hesitate is when I can't be fucked talking about my job. Yeah. You know, like, because I know the minute I say what I do for a living, people have got a thousand questions and it's all the same questions. Just link this podcast to them the next time. I will. That's exactly (laughs) what I do. Frequently asked questions section on the website. Yeah, FAQs. Does your partner know about this? What does he think of it? How long have you been doing it? How did you get into it? All these kind of questions. It's always the same. All of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually yeah. quite funny though because we don't get we don't pay to be hurt or fucked over by HR. Like <laughs> people will be paying you to like whip them or like stab them. With them. But yeah, HR just absolutely. does it for free. We should love them. You should. <laughs> James is like, nah. You should give them a pay rise. Yeah, <laughs> I I think that it's normalised. If I met you like at a party or out in the street and you said I'm a dominatrix, I I, I genuinely think that I'd be like cool. I, I, I don't think there's as much judgement around these days. Nah, there's from not. From our generation anyway, because we're becoming more woke and aware of the fact that people have different types of jobs and yeah. people have sexual desires that they need fulfilled of in certain ways, and there needs to be people in the world that are going to fulfil that. The thing that I find quite quite a shame, and I see it a lot, that it affects people, it affects men's mental health especially. And you know that men's mental health isn't great at the moment. You know, suicide rates are up. Mm-hmm. Um, recently, just lost one of the kind of most successful wrestlers in the UK, and because um, people just don't talk to each other, and guys have still got this horrible stigma of like talking about their feelings and things. And then you've got um, you've got people who are the kind of rad femme type leaning people and they're calling all of my clients, they're all rapists or abusers or this and that. And I'm like, come on, you know, there's some of the nicest people. I've got clients that are disabled. I've got clients that are, um, that have, that have got severe depression, clients that have got social anxiety and they can't, they can't just go into a bar and meet a girl and, you know, hit it off and, or go on a dating thing and, you know, they can't do that. Not everyone's is privileged enough to be able to do that. So, you know, people like me who are who are non judgmental and are like, you know what, your kink's okay, like and it's fine. And it's, sometimes it's the only it's so, time they get to experience it. It's so taboo. Even if you're the opposite of that, you're a very confident guy or a girl and you meet someone and you start a sexual relationship with them, it's mm-hmm. not easy to turn around and go this is what I'm into if it's a little bit weird yeah, and taboo because fucking... everyone's got a fear of rejection don't they and they've got that fear of like someone going hey you're yeah, weird exactly. and you lose the person that you love and because you build it up so much in your head and you're like I can't tell them that I like toes <laughs> you know and it's because you think but sometimes just having that conversation but having it in the right way and in the right setting as well you know not when you're over at your 
in-laws house at dinner <laughs> by the way kind of like having my stick a finger up my arse tonight could you rusty trombone me <laughs> once in a fucking while but uh, can have the ketchup please you know? yeah and that's what happened to that client that I was talking about earlier who um, we'd done the bum stuff and he was really into it and then we had another couple of sessions and I said, have you actually told your ex what you were into? And, and he's like, no, I couldn't have told her because she's too prudish. And I'm like, mm, have you tried though? Well, that's and, that's an important message, isn't it? Because it's, yeah. it's too easy to get stuck into a rhythm where you don't have an open conversation about sex with your partner. And if you the don't... one person you should any. be telling. And, and I said, I did say to him, like, try it. You know, you're not together just now. You've got nothing to lose. You will you will then go through the rest of your life not wondering what if I had told her, and he's like, okay, so didn't hear from him for a while, and then I got a text saying, um, I took your advice, I bit the bullet, I told her everything that I'm into. Turns out she's into all of that and more. Fuck We're off to buy man. a strap on harness. <laughs> um, I'm going to have. He's like, but I'm going to delete your number because you know I'm I'm ending all of that kind of part of my life. And it was one of the nicest text messages I think I've ever read. I was like, fucking yes, go you. I just got that. Living his, <laughs> I, I know he's just out warm. there living his best life. His girlfriend. <laughs> Who, you know, he did love her, but he split up because he thought that she wasn't into things because he hadn't asked her. How how do people go about it then? Like, you know, how, how have we had to revolutionise the way that people talk about sex? What's the best way to project that? I mean, I think we need to go into it with a lot of, a lot of love and a lot of um, acceptance. Acceptance for yourself, first of all, because, you know, if you can't, if you can't accept your own kink, can't expect anyone else to to accept it either so you really need to own it um but i think especially making it clear that although you're saying that this is what you're into it's not an expectation that you're putting on that person if it's not if your kink isn't their kink that's okay as well um and just doing it gently and in a, in a kind of nice a nice way and having it very very open um i really i mean with it you wouldn't need to be specific about what kind of kink it is because there's there's certain things that you would maybe want to put into the conversation <laughs> like um like for example if someone likes getting caned um they like to get caned till they bleed i mean that sounds mental but if you were to say to someone that you really get you get the same feeling from an endorphin rush that you do from an orgasm um, and a great way to bring that about is is by pain because pain releases endor- natural endorphins. Yeah. Um, and you've found that the quickest way to release those endorphins is through caning. And, you know, you like to take it to as far as you can, you know, and if the skin breaks, the skin breaks, that's fine. You just positioned and it that so well. that sounds yeah. a lot nicer. Then, you know, but if you're not okay with that, then that's totally fine as well. You just work to whatever level you're comfortable with. I just wonder where you get to the point where you realise you like caning. What's the journey before a that? A lot of it comes from um, old English schools. Oh, yeah. The belt. Yeah. The belt. Yeah, yeah. I should have brought my belt. My ah, you could have given. Uh, this I, is in... Um, Scottish corporal I punishment. I don't think that ended that. My, my mum and dad, born. they used to... You, you know what we're talking about? You used to yeah. get a belt. Um, yeah. Like lashes on your hand if you were in trouble in school. They did it on... Oh, in New Zealand, brutal. they did it on, on the ass. On like, the like, ass. They're like... I don't know if they said... I think that there. sounds like it was just one teacher. Shoot, to be honest, that's, <laughs> um, no, it was. I, I remember like because like everyone hears those nightmare stories from your parents, like oh my day, you know, if you didn't do your homework, you'd get five whips off the cane or whatever. But yeah, that's a good question though, because 
I'm genuinely sitting there going, do I have any kinks? I'm like, I don't I'm know. I'm the same. Then, I'm thinking, you know, I don't know if I do. Okay, well, let's have a quiz. Well, I, I know I know one, but I don't know if it's actually a kink. Have you ever pinned someone's hands above their heads or their legs, you know, guys that leg thing, um, and enjoyed it during sex? A little bit, yeah. 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 Well, that's bondage is any form of restriction of movement. So you're all into bondage. So, like, so you've got being a kink. in control kind of thing. Like, like, no, it's just a restriction of movement. So if you've done that to someone and enjoyed it, and they've enjoyed it, obviously, then you're both in your bondage. And see, once you know that it's called bondage, you can then search that term and find other ways of doing bondage that make it even better. So, you know, things like using ropes or cuffs so that your hand's free and then you can get a vibrator involved or you can still play with other bits. And yeah. So it's it's good to know the terms because then hmm. you can start open broadening your horizons and um, going down the rabbit hole with it. <laughs> is wall sex a kink? Is what sex? Wall sex. Having wall? sex against the wall. Basically, like... I'll translate. Yeah, having <laughs> sex against the wall. Uh, it's always just been a thing. I don't... It's ne- <clears throat> And to me, it's weird. It's not like a, look how strong I am or anything like that. It's just... I've always been into it like... Is it you facing the he's wall? Literally, he's literally <laughs> having sex with a wall. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. takes a brick out and then just goes for it. The plasterboard normally. No, um, basically I just... Do like, you have a special wall that you like? No, I just like, I, like even like, see, like lifting up someone Shame and having sex, sex or like that. I just, I, I, that's to me, it's, I enjoy sex and I also think that's a bit of like a fun addition. It's kind of like, I've always, you know what I mean? Like to me, I've always said, I prefer adrenaline to sex and I have a great sex life. I love sex, but I'm, I'm, if you're like Shane, you could surf this 30 foot wave or you could have sex. I'd be like, well, give me the 30 foot wave. But I guess this is kind of like when you well, is that a king? Have sex Suffer with a thirty foot wave. Water sports. Your- <laughs> 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 I don't know if it's going to go down well if I go Marla. I'm into water sports. <laughs> <laughs> is there any other quiz type ones? I enjoyed that. Okay. Um, have you ever? Has anyone ever? This generally tends to be a female thing to do. Um, so, have you ever had sex withheld um, for being bad? Or have you ever had sex used as a reward? <laughs> so you've done something real good because you were trying to get sex. Like, uh, no. I, or I mean, I've, I've had sex withheld for a long time. That's a form of chastity. Uh, yeah, I've been dumped chastity. during foreplay, but I didn't enjoy that. That was You get dumped during, during foreplay? Yeah, what the yeah. fuck happened there? I don't know. I don't know if I put a hand in the wrong place or something, but yeah, I had done like a full-blown stand-up routine on getting dumped during foreplay. And, uh, yeah. That is hilarious. But I didn't like that. That wasn't a good... That wasn't. A good so you're thing. not into foreplay so, No, I'm not into chastity, I think, ah. is what I'm learning here. Wall um, sex, but... Oof. <laughs> I once um I once I I didn't the all right so I, I don't know how to say this without incriminating myself <laughs> I'm wary about that the first time I had the opportunity to make love to my partner I didn't I had her in the bed didn't just had the option I was a bit pissed and I was like you know what I want it the first time I have sex with you I want to be real good at it. <laughs> I want my hands to be accurate. I want my fucking form to be pure. I want to be like, yes. Basically, you were nervous. I wasn't yeah. even nervous. It was just, I kind of went, I'm a bit drunker than I, like, I was like, oh, the, the drunkness helped. Did you have, the, like, whiskey dick? No, no. I, I, was, I was I was erect as fuck, which is the <laughs> weird part, because it was like, it was like, I'd, and I, I, a lot of girls have probably never 
set her no once. There's an erection there, you're in a bed of a guy. And I don't know, it's just to usually me, that's that's your brain in that moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was like, you know what? I'm drunk enough to know that I'm not coherent enough to have good sex at the moment. And I was like, well, if I only have one sex a few once, I want to be good at it. I want to enjoy it. I want to remember I've it. done that before. I've done that multiple times where I've been in bed filling around and then I've just, I've refused a one night stand because morally, and I've had one night stands, I've had plenty of them, but in that scenario, I just went, you know what? If I'm properly going to like this person, then I'm going to just stop this right now. And then if we get back in this position, it was meant to be. In that way, and I'd, I've done that like three times, and the yeah, girl has not been happy, man. If I've if I'm not really that fussed about a guy, I'll just bang them. <laughs> 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 but, but if you like them, you won't. But if I like them, I won't. Yeah, it's weird, and it's like I actually want to get to know you. Um, yeah, but in saying that, like my current partner, <laughs> um, we he came up with his friends from uh, from Cardiff. And he was on a boys' weekend, and we met on Tinder. So we had a, had a date that night, and, I, and he's like, "Oh, I'm from Cardiff. I'm going back there tomorrow." And I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, I guess I'll need Shaggy then. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I have to. I need to check. This really fucking hot guy. But you know, glad I did. <laughs> and um, that's been two and a half years. Did you find it weird dating, up? doing what you do? Nah. I guess, like. My job has outlived so many, or outgrown and outlived one guy. <laughs> but right. it's just, it's, um, my work will always come first. Like, I wouldn't expect a guy to give up his job for me. So I'm yeah, not going to give my job up for someone else. Like, that's never going to happen. Plus, did you not hear that story about the staff, mate? You just, your ambitions earlier and what uh-huh. you wanted, like, you know? I wanted staff. I wanted people running about after she, me. She's I gonna, wanted to she's be She's going to be someone's boss. sugar mama. True. But I'm I just, just I don't know if I, like, if, I, if I was like because I was on Tinder yeah stuff I'm gonna go home call, call Matthew Kitten <laughs> <laughs> but does he maybe this is uh, close to the, the, the line that you shouldn't cross but does, <laughs> does he ever ask you to do something and you're like I'm not bringing my work home or do you charge him <laughs> <laughs> mates rates <laughs> you, no but like you wouldn't Every charge money you'd be like roundabout way. you'd be like you know what take the, the rubbish out for the rest of the month and yes <laughs> No, like we've we've got quite a normal kind of sex life. Like we do does, does that fuck about with things, but he he didn't even know any of this existed before he met me, and I'm actually his first girlfriend. Do you think so, he was intimidated? Um, I don't. No, he wasn't intimidated. Because Welsh I liked people about are, him. are they the Welsh Welsh people? Especially is he from Cardiff? He's from a place called Bridgend next to Cardiff. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've heard of Bridgend. A lot of suicides in Bridgend. Yeah, I remember yeah that story. there was. Yeah, there was like 10 yeah. or something in the space of a year. Crazy, really... man. But there's this weird confidence and sexual confidence that I get whenever I meet someone from Cardiff, man. Like, you, <laughs> oh, there's, there's, you know, there's a guy called Do they just walk Rowe. about with big hard ons and waves. <laughs> uh, yes, lads. Shagger, <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> there's, no, but there's a guy that you and I both know, Shane, called Mikey Rowe, and you talk to him and you just know that he's fucking. Big dick energy. Big dick energy. He knows how to bang, man. You can just tell straight away. Yeah, and it's it's like the dude is like when you're talking about like aces in your in your hand and playing your hand the best you can. (laughs) The dude's got a big rig. He's happy to be around. Like he'll get into budgie smugglers at any excuse. And like I guarantee that dude's banged more people than anyone because he's just like that. Is that? It's not even. I don't like big dick energy. I just think to me it seems a bit. 
just this fucking sexual confidence so. that you can't teach, man. It's just in you. Whereas we would probably be a wee bit insecure. He's just walking up and going, "All right, ladies." If you can... that was a great Welsh accent. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking nailed that one. I think, Gareth, if you can put on a male Welsh accent, you might have two new clients here by the sounds of it. You can yeah, just talk definitely. to them in a Welsh accent. Oh, and man, you know, that's that's I my can... kink. <laughs> Welsh accent. Guys, I don't want to brag, but I can change my dick to suit. Oh, yeah. That's a skill. That is, that is true. The, I'm uh, a versatile shagger. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to say the same thing, but I'm not. I'm like... Something for everyone. <laughs> See, yeah, like I'm, the, I'm the aftermath of something like that, but so you've got, I don't know, so that's what guy's in, he's an anal plate and you bang him with a strap on. See, like, see this guy, he works in an office, a perfectly standard, normal guy. So once that's finished and it's like the cleanup operation, does it just switch to like, so what are you up to now? Like, and you're just going to, you going out for a pint? Or is it just kind of, is it an awkwardness or just a... No, there's never really an awkwardness. Um, there are, the, on the odd occasion... The people that are like, oh, right, okay, I'm away, goodbye. And they just, they cannot get out there quick enough. But that's down to their own things that's going on, their own stuff. Um, but I tend to put people at ease at the start of the session so that they don't feel awkward at the end of the session. So we have a wee chat. I'm like, did you find the place okay? How's your day been so far? Um, what you've been up to? What is it you're into? Why are you into that? When did that start? And we have a wee giggle and stuff. And then we get into things. Because they're, they're literally, I mean... They're telling me things that they've never told a soul yeah. sometimes. And we're doing things that they've maybe never tried and they're putting a lot of trust into me. So I want to make sure that I build that trust for the, the minute they walk in the door. Um, and then when it, when it comes to the end of the session, I tend to bring it to a close. Um, and then we, we just have a chat. I'm like, so what's happening? What are you doing for the rest of your night? Like, Can we just have a wee chat about things? And if they want a cup of tea or if they want, a, if we've been doing pain, I'll offer them a sugary drink to bring their blood sugar levels back up again and we just have a bit of a chat. Like I don't, I don't run a, like a revolving door type place because I, I like to have that connection with someone um, and just as a thank you for, for trusting me with all of that, I, I take that quite seriously. So And I suspect nice. this is going to be one of the questions that you're asked a million times in your sick uh -huh. off, but how often do you get like the requests that are, a wee bit too extreme. Well, how often do you have to go? Nah, mate, not that's... very often. Um, there are people that will do the rounds. As soon as there's a new dom, there's a guy that will phone you and ask you to shave his wife's head every <laughs> fucking time. What? Wait, what? He's like, will you shave my wife's head? Is it like a consensual thing for the wife, or is it like, can you sneak up no, on my I wife? No, I don't even think fucking... he's got a wife. Oh right, <laughs> he, he's just testing the waters, basically. Right. He just gets off on someone saying, "Yeah, I would shave your wife's head," right, and okay. you know, if, I don't know if anyone said it to him yet. But when he phoned me, I was like, "I really need to speak to your wife about this." <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not and, really um, your choice, mate. And he's like, <laughs> "Put her on, man." <laughs> <laughs> I, look, if anyone is listening, I will shave your wife's head. Like, a, I'm a bald man. If that's one skill I've got in this dominatrix game, <laughs> then you can. Yeah. I'm, There's another man that will phone up and he'll say, Hello, mistress, did you smoke fish? And I'm like, I hope he's listening to this, by the way, because fuck you. I hate you. What is it, smoking um, fish? He's like, Do you do smoking fish? And I'm like, Yeah, I do smoking fish. Um, what, what's smoking fish? Are you, you smoking? Blow smoke, smoke at people yeah. or put cigarettes out in their mouth and use them as an ashtray. But then he says, Do you like the sound of that, mate? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> then, he follows, then he yeah. follows up with, um, Could you roll me up in a big cigarette and smoke me? And I'm like, Oh, fuck <laughs> It's the same shit every time. And then there's another person who is. I don't know if it's some. I don't know who it is that phones up, but basically they put on this weird high pitched voice. So I can't tell if it's male or female, but it's a silly voice. Like and they're Shane's. Like, 
and they phone <laughs> and they go, "Hello, do you cater to ladies?" <laughs> and, like, oh, and then they start telling you that they're wearing really fishy latex pants, and I'm like, "Sounds uncomfortable." Really? I've been caught twice by them because they change their number sometimes. But do you we know they're prank calling you. Is it like genuinely? Do you think they're prank genuinely calling you? just prank calling me? Well, hello. <laughs> hey, that's the exact that's the voice. Do you cater to ladies? It sounds like hello. Do you cater to ladies? Like, Somewhere right off. now, there's a woman with very fashy latex pants on right now, just going, "Oh, I was being serious." <laughs> like, what do I need to do? Get a fucking pay a deposit. <laughs> do you have to pay a deposit? <laughs> yes. It's only about ten percent or something. It's um, fifty pounds per hour that you book. Right. Well, people book for more than an hour. Does anyone ever book for eight? I don't know why eight. I'm really, I don't know. Yeah. I feel worked in. <laughs> yeah, I've had like overnights and stuff. Wow. And is it a lot of it just like comforting after it? Or is yeah. it like, is there a full eight hour session in there? Sometimes it's a full day of like session See, I, and stuff. I was sure. going to say, will that be like the humiliation type stuff? Like I, that, can be all, I mean, I do a thing where I do five hours on a Friday for 500 quid. Um, that's a good deal it's a really good deal yeah and some of that will oh. be maybe a bit of bondage so you put them into bondage you leave them I do different it depends on their fetishes but I do games and stuff with them as well and I try and make it interesting for myself because five hours is a long time <laughs> I can imagine that uh, how, just get we... a game of Monopoly because that takes five hours because you've got to be like cause you do have to be constantly like creative and it's quite mentally taxing it's quite yeah. emotionally taxing because you're like Right, what am I going to do next? I need to keep this fresh, keep the person interested, and you know, I th- it's, it's quite a full-on job. So people be into different things as well. It's so not you just can't running just, a bit with a whip. You can't just have like a package deal, like oh, for five hours you get this, 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 and this. Oh, if, there's no such thing as an off-the-rack session. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> well, literally would be off the rack though. Like, oh. So do you do you storyboard that then? Um, sometimes it depends on the session, but some people will give me a whole script, and you know, I've got. I try and follow it as closely as I can, but I'm never going to follow it, ideally. But you've got to kind of learn some of the lines? Yeah. Shit, man. Sometimes I mean, the thing is, it's it's up to me to take, if I want to take that session or not. So mm-hmm. I'll read it and I'll go, that sounds interesting, I'm yeah. up for doing that. This is more exciting than But if usual. I read it and I go, yeah, it's not for me. If I know someone else that might like it, I'll put them onto them. Um, but if it's not for me, it's not for me. And I'm just honest with them and I say, like, I'm not, that's, that's not my thing. I'm not into doing it. Like, um, there's, I had a guy the other day that turned up and he was wearing ten nappies, ten. What, all on so his I'm, bum. I'm really surprised these days because yeah. everything is like That's people go, nice "What's the weirdest many. thing you've ever done?" I'm like, "Weird isn't even a word anymore." But did they, they turn up with them or did they change into? No, them? no, he was wearing them. He was waddled in. <laughs> With the best fucking thigh gap I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> ten nappies on. And this like, it was it was like a duck, you know, like a wiggly duck. <laughs> and he came in and he was like, and and I'm looking at him and he's going, can you tell? And I'm like, can I tell what? And he then pulled down his trousers and I was like, how many of them are you wearing? <laughs> and he said, I've got, I'm wearing ten. I've got ten on. And I was like, okay, why Ten. Um, and I can see where he got to this logic, and it makes sense, but it's still wild. I was like, why 10? And he said, well, there was 10 in the packet. <laughs> <laughs> just kept trying them on. I don't Fair know why, play. I'm just thinking of the game past the parcel right now for some reason. But so when someone turns up with 10 nappies on, what do you think they're going to be into? 
adult, adult baby, something like filling the nappy or being treated like a child. No, he wanted to be sissified, so he was, was sissified. Um, just turned into like a, a kind of sissy female type character. So we'd make up a wig, a dress on top of the ten nappies, and a pair of high heels, and I'd taught him how to walk in heels. So he was walking up and down the dungeon like with this ten nappies on and a pair of heels. That so, must be tricky, eh? Aye. And then you're, <laughs> in your head, hard. you're just kind of like, cool, just another day at work. I just kept bursting out laughing. I'm like, this is ridiculous. I'm getting paid for this. This is great. There's a real nappy mystery here. Still, if it's solved, can, can we do a follow-up interview with you just about this nappy guy? Can you get to the root of why he's wearing 10 nappies? There was 10 in the packet. Oh, why is he wearing the them in the first place? Maybe it's they, to do with his kink. Maybe they're comfier than Indies. Well, I, I, think it, I think he's taken some kinks and just chucked them together and... They don't make sense. <laughs> Individually, they're fine, but put them all together. This guy's having don't... a kink identity crisis. <laughs> it's like having ice cream and ketchup. You know, ketchup's great, ice cream's great. But not together. Not together. Uh, they don't make sense. You were saying... Especially in a nappy. <laughs> <laughs> you, were, you were saying before that, like, we, as soon as a new dom showed up, you know, they'd talk to them and give them a call or whatever. Yeah. Is there like a community of dominatrix people? Are you all friends? Do you, you know, is, that blows my mind. How many dominatrix people are there and say, um, are mistresses? Is that what you called? Is mistresses, what you- doms, goddesses, dominas. I'd go with goddesses. goddesses. Oh, man, I want to be called a goddess just because it sounds <laughs> awesome, doesn't it? Sounds awesome. How many of them are in, say, a place like Glasgow? Like, I'm not saying. So, Glasgow is saturated with doms. There's really? loads of us. Is that like beef? Yeah. Is it turf wars? Nah, there's not really turf wars. But there's beef. There's um. <laughs> you got something. There's, there's I just I stay out of thing. it because I just don't. I don't. I don't even look at people's Twitter and stuff. Like I'm not interested. You know, I do my own thing. I keep my side of the street clean, and I'm happy with but that. But do you ever get you know some angry doms sliding you do in your see, DMs? Going sometimes you see people that you that stole are my nappy out guy. Kind of, <laughs> they put out indirect tweets at people, and I'm like, oh, you're in your thirties, man. Stop that. Yeah, I, I don't agree with that, Iron Man. You just need to keep yourself it's, yourself. It's what we like in the podcast scene. We love each other on the podcast scene, mm-hmm. man. It's, it's, it's an amazing little community. And messaging guys just now going, yeah, we've got this guest in. Ah, you tell him I said hi. He, actually, it was Paul from Rebel City. He said you were brilliant the other day. When oh, you were Paul's on. cool. Paul and Matt, they were yeah. really nice. I liked, I really liked doing that podcast. That was fun. Yeah, yeah, not not cool too much. I no, didn't enjoy it that much. Not, not as, as much as, as you. Not as much as this one. Yeah. No. The thing is, like as well, James likes to give everyone props and shout outs. And I'm like, fuck, no, don't listen. To Mark Dallas has got one. Don't listen to Mark Dallas's one. It might be great, but fuck him. Like, he's a nice guy, but don't listen to his podcast. Mark Dallas is my pal. Is he? Uh, don't yeah. listen to his he's podcast. He's my pal as well. <laughs> Oh, fuck, we all love him. I was I always going about how cool he is, but at the same time, remembered his name. This thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. His missus has got some right good stories. You should get her on here. Hi, Mark Dallas. His missus. Let's do it. Yeah, Helen. She's brilliant. Really good fun. Let me ask you this. Let's just take my way through the dominatrix stuff for a second. But I wanted uh-huh. to get everyone's opinion. I was at Transmit on Sa- Friday. This was right. Right. I was with Shane, and we were both a bit tanked up. So he decided to jump on another guy in the office's shoulders. Okay. Right. Jerry Cinnamon was on, and it was fucking awesome. He looked cool as fuck. But then this girl walked up to him and just started slapping his ass. That's not the worst part. And he got a finger up there. I'm sure she put a finger up my ass. Well, not up my ass. I was wearing like you know. 
10 Whoa. nappies. Denim shorts. How many nappies did you have on? <laughs> yeah, 13 nappies. You at should the time. have wore 10 nappies. <laughs> That's why you do it. I, I, to, me, to me, fear, I don't know. I didn't What mind were you wearing, this. though? I was, no, I was just wearing, like. How much had you to drink? Oh, I was jolly, yes. Were you but wearing tight shorts? No, no. Just Sounds like you were asking for it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See what you've done there. I, I lectured this girl. I, I said, you've just sexually assaulted my friend. So you and she was just laughing. Her. No, because she was, she was like, <laughs> no, I didn't. I mean, you just slapped his arse without approval and then stuck a finger up there. And the slapping of the yeah, ass to I me, mean, I didn't mind. I was like, assault. oh, whatever, banter. It's it's a, it's a not a mosh pit, but it's a big crowd at a, at a festival. But the finger in the bum, I was like, what the fuck was that? Like I was kind of like, well, that is weird. And I was, I was, I would have just gone. Ah, it's a little, little lady. Did it. I'd have okay. been fucking furious. No, if James, stuck James in was. James oh, was. I, was like, I said to her, I wouldn't imagine I that think, was you. I don't. Th- it doesn't matter what gender you are. That shouldn't be happening. I know, but yeah. th- to be fair, if it was a massive dude that fingered my bum and was in there and haha, I'd be like, hope, fuck off. Fucking stop trying to rationalise it, man. No, I don't, I, I'm not. <laughs> like it didn't go up my bum. It was kind of just. You are the victim here. Thanks, guys, for the support. But I I don't know. To me, it wasn't... I didn't feel like a victim, but then James gave this person about a 30-minute lecture. Good. You fucking have to call it out. The life and soul of music festival right here. (laughs) (laughs) Is he fun at parties? Oh, yeah. He just tells everyone (laughs) off. Fuck you, guys. What I'm saying is that was a sexual assault. I want to hear a story about a bridge. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you guys speak then. (laughs) Call it out is all I'm saying. If you see it... Shout it and to yeah, be fair, I, think, I, would, I think you're right to call that out though because that that's not on. I know, never would have done that regardless. to a girl. I would never have done that to a dude because I'm like I'm not going to poke a dude in the bum. But I would, also if I saw a bum of a lady, I wouldn't go. I should poke that. That'd be fun. What, what did you try and do to your brother again? Sorry. Ah oh, no, but that's that's a family thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shane Shane tried to dip his balls in his brother's mouth. By the way. What? Uh, Why? Okay, I, I I don't encourage this. First of all, um, but. Basically, me and my brothers are like all the same. We're hyper competitive. We love each other. We're all mates. But if someone goes to bed early, they are now the enemy. (laughs) Why the fuck is is Dean not up drinking with us? And everyone was like, you know what we should do? We should teabag him. And it started as a joke. And I was like, ah, yeah, fuck it. How funny would that be? And everyone's like, no, genuinely. Just make sure you don't get any bits near his wife. (laughs) But, you know. Going. Hold on, he's in bed with his wife. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I'm not in, I love it when you retell this story to people and you have to justify it. And <laughs> it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. I'm not condoning <laughs> it. I'm not condoning it. But it was all my brothers were like, yeah, you know, just go do it. And this was about half an hour of me going, you know what? Fuck it. He shouldn't have gone to bed early. We're all brothers. We see each other every three years. Let's fucking let's teabag him. So <laughs> go into his bedroom, and I've got my. My nuts in my hand, but like my my penis. Why did you have your hands up here? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm banging your nuts. No, but no, but I was weary to I was weary to keep my junk in 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 my undies and my shorts. So I'm kind of walking on a bed off my face, trying to sneak up on my brother. And his wife's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And I'm like, "Ah!" Uh, and I start running away. But I kind of got. I was at that stage. Is probably I don't know. Half a meter from his face, <laughs> and then I ran away because he started like fucking finding weapons and stuff. And then he, we went into the lounge and he beat me with a rolling pin for about 
30 seconds. No, probably about two minutes, right? So, so he's, he's. For two minutes, you got beat with a rolling pin, but you're sh- here to fucking talk about it. He beat the shit out of me because it was. And also, to be fair, I was laughing that hysterically. I didn't feel a thing. I was just like. Honestly, it was fucking hilarious. Fucking rolling pin. No, and all my brothers were sitting there about a meter away going, ah! <laughs> like they did not have my back at all. Mum had to come out, and that's when I'm like, oh, I felt bad then because Mum's like, what the fuck? Doing <laughs> like I'm sitting there, Dean. So his mum's involved. Well, no, mum was. Mum sounds like the woman who prank calls you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's my mum's. I've got my sorry. fishy latex on. I'm just trying to have five minutes of peace here, pulling her dress and getting over her fishy latex pants. I, this is where you you stole my rolling pin off me. It was fucking four inches up, and now you seem. I was on the phone to somebody here, <laughs> <laughs> asking if they care to ladies. Yeah, these these phone calls aren't cheap. I'm ringing. Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> uh, every time I tell that story, I feel like I get more judgment, so I'm going to stop telling it. Would you, would you do it again if you were drunk? You were with your brothers. <laughs> this is a question. If, as a thirty year old man, would you do that again? If his partner wasn't there. Fuck off. <laughs> just two year alone together. No, no, if his wife wasn't there and it was us boys. Yeah, oh, just that's his kink. He wants to be alone with his brother no, in no. his bed with the balls. And play, a and getting beat play by that a game rolling pin. No, but <laughs> <laughs> to me, like I, d- I knew that might have happened. And also he's not that hard at hitting. Like the other brothers are probably a better attacker with a, a rolling pin. And uh, I was drunk and I was laughing that hard that I felt it the next day. I had fucking welts. But that when it happened, I didn't. I didn't even know it was happening. I did. I was sitting there going, "Stop it! Stop it!" Um, and then I kind of felt bad for Mum. But yes, but you're not still out while he was beating you. What's that? But you're not still out while he was beating you. No, no. Of course, man. It takes ages. <laughs> if you're not set up to hear it, it takes a while to get him back out. You know, <laughs> pull them back from over <laughs> your shoulder, <laughs> put them back in. One at a time. Serious doggy dick situation. Going down, you know. <laughs> uh. Nah, I probably would. Um, but I don't think people should. It depends on the relationship with your brothers, I guess. I wouldn't do that to my brother. He'd fucking shoot me or something. <laughs> oh, the, I wouldn't do it to... The other two brothers, I wouldn't have done it to, because... They're ugly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I don't have a thing for those guys, I guess. Uh, oh, all right. Well, thanks for that, guys. I'm no glad worries. that story came out again. <laughs> Megara, you're, uh, you're doing a positive thing in Glasgow just now. Ask the 700. You want to tell us a wee bit about that? Yes. Um, Stay sidestep it. I completely away from this. <laughs> so, moving from teabagging your brother to an it's actual an proper course. protection uh, program. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, so this all started a while ago. Um, there was an MP in Westminster who was talking about bringing in the same legislation as they have in America called Foster sesta where they shut down everyone's website. So effectively that just closes my business. Like I've put nine years of my life into this and all of my savings, like half of my, my place is dedicated to my work and it's been my life for the past. You know, I said earlier I used to job hop all the time, like I've stuck this job for nine years and it's my thing and I love it and I've got all the all the kind of passion for it. So at that point, I thought, well, it's a legal occupation. What would I do if I was in a normal job um, and someone was trying to close it down? Like I would join a, a trade union. Yeah. Um, so I looked around for trade unions that looked after self-employed people and GMB was, was one of the ones that came up. 
So I contacted them and right away they were like, yeah, that's fine, we'll take you on. Um, had a meeting with a lady called Rhea Wilson and she just said to me, you you know, if you want a branch, you're going to need to get members. So um, it was myself and two other our workers. They were indoor escorts and they were interested in it as well because obviously it would affect them. Um, and we went in and we had that meeting and we came out and we were like, right, we're doing this. Okay, cool. So... Um, so then we started recruiting other people and I had a meeting with a lady, one of the councillors in uh, Glasgow City Council, um, just about something unrelated. It was, it was about uh, decriminalisation of sex work in Scotland and what her views were on it and you know what the views were of the SNP because I know SNP are very kind of anti-sex work. So it was just to see if we had any allies and things as well. And at that time she said to me, you know what's happening with the strip clubs? Um and I said I didn't, I wasn't aware of it. She says, well, there's going to be a consultation starting that is talking about um, trying to close the strip clubs in Glasgow. So what, they want, what they're looking to do is change the licence from public entertainment um, and make them get a new licence called a sexual entertainment venue. So at the moment, the public entertainment puts them in the same league as like the bingo or like yeah. a cabaret club and things like that. So they want to change it so it's sexual entertainment. Um, attach conditions onto those licences like a safe home policy, anti-trafficking measures and, and things like that. The clubs themselves actually wrote a manual on how to spot trafficking and what to do if you spot it. Which So they're already ahead of the game and they've already got all of these conditions happening voluntarily. Um, like in Seventh Heaven, there's a, you get 20 quid taxi credit to get yourself home at the end of the night. And if if you're not getting a taxi and you're driving, then you get walked to your car. Yeah. Um, the security makes sure that you get home safe. Um, because they know that it's you've got some very beautiful looking women in there, and you know you don't know who's who could be waiting outside. But to be honest, um, it's more of a kind of precaution for people anyway. Yeah. Um, when I worked there, I worked there for a good few years, and there was just never any incidents. Um, it's one of the safest jobs that I've ever done, but. The clubs, because they want to keep these licences and they want to keep the clubs open and, you know, in order to attract the best staff and the best dancers, then you need to provide the best conditions. Yeah. Um, and that's why a lot of the clubs have, have written this into their, their dancer agreements to start with. Um, so what the licensing would do is take everything that's already happening and make it compulsory rather than voluntary. Uh, voluntary and... Um, then, then these conditions can't be taken away if the management changes. So, would what you're fine. trying to what the council's trying to do is set the number of available licences at zero, which effectively bans the clubs. And it's a roundabout way of doing it. So they're trying to create a loophole that basically ends basically, clubs in Glasgow. Yeah. That's so, mental. which is completely unfair. <clears throat> at the moment, the the clubs are are incident free and everyone's happy the people that are working there are you know all their IDs and everything have been collected you know that they're all they're all of the right age to be dancing you know that they are they're there voluntarily they've not been trafficked they've got a right to live and work in the UK um, and they're happy in their job because there's there's no notice period when you work in one of these places you pay to work there because you're renting the space to work there same as you would rent a chair in a salon or you would rent a taxi it's, it's just a self-employed overhead um, and it's like I rent dungeons to work in when I travel as well, so it's just an overhead that people need to pay. But um, there's a big thing made up made of that really about oh, where else do you work that you have to pay to work there? Well, loads of places. Yeah, you know, you're basically like, being self-employed. You're renting. Every a single business has got overheads, and like my dad was a, a pipe fitter, but when he was 
when he was off the rigs and he was doing homers between shifts on the rigs, he bought a van and he bought tools and he bought all these things. And there was no guarantee of work then. You know, if if he didn't do the, the right advertising or if um, he didn't, if he went up and he priced a job and he didn't get the job, you still got to pay all that money to get there for fuel and for insurance and MOTs and all that. And there's no guarantee of work. It's the same. It's, it's just the nature of being self-employed. So would unionising that help everyone, essentially, everyone in the sex working Yeah, drink? basically. I mean, unionising is never a bad thing when it comes to workers. Yeah. Unionising is all about make sure the worker's voice is heard. Yeah. Make sure they've got a seat at the table when things are, are being decided for them. Um, I mean, the, the adult industry is one of the only industries where people decide what happens with that industry without actually consulting the workers that work in it. Where's the win in that for the SNP coming after you or the Glasgow City Council coming after you? They, they, are, they basically denounce all um, adult industry stuff as violence against women and um, exploitation. They, um, They've not scratched the surface or done research on it? There is no violence happening. So what they're doing is they are, they are taking... They're taking all forms of adult entertainment, lumping into one thing, not taking into account any nuances between them, um, and saying that, you know, it's all trafficking, it's all abuse, it's all this, it's all that. And you can't make sweeping generalisations like that, you know? Like, someone that works in a in a strip club has got a very, very different working day to someone that is an indoor sex worker or a street-based sex worker. or yeah. And all of that needs to get taken into account. You can't just lump everything in together. Because that skews public perception. It's very, very dangerous. Um, and it's it's just completely unfair. The the first that came to my attention was, it was uh, Joanne Lamont tweeted, and she had a kind of old school view, probably yeah. along the lines of the SNP. So even outside of them, are you not picking up much support? But whereas the unions are kind of, well, I fell out big time with the GMB in 2014, so maybe <laughs> I, I'm not the best person for this. But um, they've obviously kind of, I know they've got the workers' intentions at their heart, whereas yes. all the politicians are maybe looking more for an easy win. They think that if they can kind of demonise this... That, that voters will vote yeah, exactly. for them. I mean, that's all it's about. It's about agenda. It's about voting. Um, but is the voter the appetite for these being shut down? So I don't the, think I've met anyone that wants the strippers shut down in I would have thought. Glasgow. This is why I think their, their actions are pretty badly judged. Um I mean, I think that, I mean, the the decision really lies in the hands of the licensing committee. Like, it's them that makes the decision. But obviously, other parties will be able to kind of slightly influence that. Um, When it comes to the public, we've we've had stalls in Glasgow City Centre and we've had queues of people wanting to fill out this consultation response to keep the clubs open. Um, I think out of the, the thousands of people that we've spoke to, we've had one person who was like, I don't agree with it. And we were like, okay, well, what is it you don't agree with? And we kind of drilled down into what what his misconceptions were. And we we told him about the kind of myths and the things that he was thinking were actually happening, actually weren't happening because he'd never been in a club. Um, And we we spoke to him about that. And and he then changed his mind and filled out the cons. He's like, oh, actually, that's okay. And he filled it out and it it was fine. But we've not had any back. Do you know that we're bracing ourselves for backlash, but it's just not coming. It's, uh, to me, and, you know, in New Zealand, we're quite big on sex workers' rights and stuff like that as well. Yeah. But to me, it's just the norm and it, it it's a no-brainer. Is there any way that, I don't know, we could help people? Can people make 
help sway a decision or can we sign something or can we is there a place we can do something or is there anything that we can do as listeners or just normal fucking people that aren't yeah, stupid um, so if you go onto our website ask the 700700.org yeah. there's loads of information on there yeah um, when you go on there there's a consultation response guide there's one for dancers themselves because dancers will submit a thing called testimony yeah. which is basically describing what their working conditions are like why they're they're happy or unhappy in their job um, and they, they can submit that to myself and that can go in under the GMB um, trade union yeah. response and there's also a consultation guide for the public. So the public fill out something slightly different. Yeah. Um, what I've done there is I've, um, well, us as a group, we've um, we've taken the consultation questions that the council have written um, and broke them down and, and made them quite simple. Yeah. And then we've given our view on it. So, you know, this is our position on this. Like, we're okay with licensing. We welcome licensing because all it's going to do is take what's happening at the moment and make it compulsory, which is great because everyone wants a safe home policy. Everyone wants, um, you know, like in Seventh Heaven, there's a trans inclusive policy. Um, they've got a non binary toilet. Um, it's it's like it, it's great. You know, it's it's very very progressive. Um, and there's a lot of there's a lot of places. Um, like normal bars and stuff in Glasgow that don't have policies like this and the staff are on minimum wage and, you know, the working conditions are really good. Um, and, yeah, so if the public could go on there, fill out the consultation response, they can just print that off and do a tick box exercise and post it in. Yeah. Um, or they can use the guide and write their own email and send that into the council. But if they just go on the website... Um, if they also like, share um, the Facebook page, the Instagram page and the Twitter uh, page, which is ask at Ask the 700. It's the same for all of them, so it's dead easy to remember. Yeah. Um, but yeah, these are these are the things people can do. There's definitely a sad irony in politicians using this to for political gain, whilst they are like some of the fucking kinkiest, most deviant motherfuckers <laughs> out there. There's- do you remember when the Tory guy got up and they were trying to ban psychoactive substances and there was a Tory MP got up and he was like eh, actually I quite like poppers <laughs> <laughs> and they, they, they kept poppers they were like oh okay poppers are fine then <laughs> like what? okay for well, that guy yeah now nah, fair enough you got a good point we all like Edge. those ones well I honestly if anyone is listening and they they can I urge them to do it because it's it, even if it doesn't affect you who gives a shit it's affecting people that are around you it's affecting a lot of people yeah. so if you can Fucking go what's this? ask the seven hundred uh-huh. the dot website org. dot org and on we'll, all your socials. Yeah, we'll link we'll link to it in the podcast. Yeah. Anyone and do you know what if anyone wants to have an open conversation like that guy did when you guys were doing the bit in was it shopping centre? Yeah, if, uh, if anyone wants to have that conversation, if you have different views, go for it. Have a conversation listen, see, rather than being judgmental. See if you're un- unsure, you're a bit iffy, you're like, mm, I don't know if I can answer this because I haven't been in one. Go to one. Go to seventh. Go to dolls, go to platinum lace. Just go in, sit down, talk to pe- talk to people, observe, look and see like what kind of things are happening, and if you're all right with it. Because when I first, before I started dancing, I had that view of like this shouldn't be happening, this is disgusting, this is blah blah blah. And as soon as I walked in, I was like instant view changed. I thought, not nah, this. These women are empowered, like they're strong, they're glamorous, they're happy. Yeah. Um. And as a as I progressed through my career and as a dancer, um, it, that opinion never changed. You know, I met some really really cool people who were so driven. Um, they're basically running a business every night, and they're, um, 
they're in charge, they're in control. I think the overall message here is don't have blind prejudice because if you, you have that, then you're just going to walk through life having Try negative something. opinions and something you're completely ignorant about just because it's popular to have that opinion or yeah. somebody's told you to have that opinion. You want to say you don't like pizza without trying pizza? Exactly, but if a, a politician that you like said pizza's shite, then you might. You know, that's yeah, like when, I, when I was younger, my dad, my dad said you shouldn't ever eat meat that's, um, that's, unless it's done well done. Like it needs to be cooked all the way through. But, you know, when I got older, I tried a wee bit of rare steak and I was like, brilliant, I want it moon on my plate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you start, it's a downward spiral because yeah. you just start chasing cows down the road with a knife and a fork. Who cares? Wipe, it's, wipe its arse and get it on my plate. <laughs> just give it 10 nappies. Get <laughs> 10 nappies or not. We could, um, we could probably speak to you all night, Megara. Um, before we go though, Shane, the whip's there. So what, am I... Am I what am I doing with it? I mean, I'll let you guys decide what I do with it. You, you, you ask. I don't know. What are we doing? So there's a whip in the studio. Can Shane's got it in his hand. Now what? Oh, so I've got a whip. It's goofy as fuck. Can the safe word be brother? Piece of <laughs> string at the end. <laughs> and the last time I used a whip, just a wee bit of background. The last time I used a whip, I took blood. I took a gash out of my shoulder and it bled. So how do I stop that happening? So the safe word's harder. <laughs> oh, what? Are you whipping me? I thought, oh, I thought I was whipping it. Oh, no. No, no, you oh, much get away. Oh, fuck me. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't get a run up. <laughs> I'm rubbish. Like, so am I staying in this angle? What angle do you want me on? So, right, I'll keep giving a run in commentary. It's fine. Right. Oh, I feel right, quite so. uncomfortable for you right now, Shane. So I'm what's just... the safe word? What's the safe word? Brother. God, I just, that, that just heightens attention. James had to switch cameras right now. Can I pee first? No. No, no. No, no. no. <laughs> I need to pee real. Fuck off. That. My All fetish right. is you needing a pee getting whipped. Right. Hurry up. Okay. Do what you're told, you wee bitch. Oh, Sam. Harder, harder. <laughs> Fuck me. Oh, no, harder. No. <laughs> like oh, I came. Thank you very much. Oh, back on me. Back on me. Uh, never go see this lady unless you're into it, but <laughs> one for the wank bank. How oh, hard goodness. was that on a scale of one to ten? Like, oh, I'm not even at a first gear yet. Really? Yeah. Fuck me. I looked like a wee baby slap, mate. That honestly, it, that was a tickle. It was <laughs> enough to make some part of me just go, fuck no, fuck no. This is not a thing you want to play around with. What I'm, you don't know is it's a woken a demon inside you, and you'll be thinking about that for months to come. You'll and <laughs> and you've got an invoice for 150. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> um, thank you. Magara for coming in. Um, what's your Twitter? So guys and girls My can head and follow you and check it out. <laughs> it's not safe for work, but at Megara Fury, M-E-G-A-R-A-F-U-R-I-E. No relation to Tyson, who spells it completely no, differently. Probably does the same not. amount of damage. Plus, <laughs> plus, top secret, it's not my real name. What? <laughs> <laughs> <a> spoiler. <laughs> nah, thanks again for coming in. Really appreciate it. Yay. Cheers, uh, get on that petition, guys. The link will be at the bottom of this uh, podcast. Closes the 26th of August, so move your arses or I'll need to come round everybody's house with this whip. You don't want to do. You don't want to do. <laughs> <laughs> that was Drunk Therapy. If you enjoyed this podcast, go listen to some of the other ones. The old you would have. If you're on socials, like us there as well. Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at Drunk Therapy. It's something weird on Twitter, which I can't remember right now.